1: plus
2: you're listening to the heart and soul podcast where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living no topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together
1: Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a lot. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hello, everybody. It is just Catherine today. No Chelsea. Chelsea's rocking her baby or cleaning up poop or doing something that new moms do. Uh, but I am joined here with a special guest. We got Veronica Hayes, one of my besties for the resties. Um, Veronica actually plays a big part in soul fitness, which is what originated this podcast in the, in the first place. So she is, I'll, I'll just introduce you as like how I see you and then we'll get into you, you know? Um, so we met in a gym locker room when I moved to Wilmington and she's one of the friends who I was able to open up with about my past in Dallas with my eating disorder and, Kind of get to some roots of like why we exercise and do we enjoy it or do we do it to beat ourselves up? And I remember I would be on like the treadmill for an hour and you'd be like you need to stop <laughs> treadmilling for so long that's too much cardio. And I was like that's what I do. This is how you burn calories. But anyways, long story short, we started training for a, the the same race and realized we were both entered in the same race, so we began training together towards the end of that and our friendship really grew because when you're on a bike for 30 miles or running for 20 miles. You talk a lot. You get to know each other a lot. Um, And then one day we were walking on the treadmills. I'll never forget it. It was me, you, and Catherine Linhart, as we used to do in the mornings. Oh, yes. And I was telling y'all this idea about soul. And y'all helped me come up with the name for Soul Fitness. Do y'all remember that? I do not remember that. So we were were on the treadmills, (laughs) and I was, like, asking – I was telling you, like, what I want soul to be. Like, for women only, to not be about – physical bodies but how we are on the inside whole body wellness and you said oh so you want it to be like about someone's soul and I was like yeah but soul sounds so cheesy like (laughs) s-o-u-l like everything's named soul and so I think Catherine said like what about like spelling it a different way and I was like, well, there's like the sole of your shoe. And then we looked up the definition of soul, sole, S O L E. And one of the words that came up was matchless. Do you not remember this? I do not. Yeah, I'll never forget wow. it. It was so vivid that's to amazing. me. One of the words was matchless. And I don't know if it was you or Catherine or both of you, but y'all were like, you have to do sole. Yeah, like, that's like <laughs> such a good word. And I was like, all right, it's soul fitness. So that's um, a huge story for me. And then beyond that, um, Veronica's just really taught me a lot about loving the skin that you're in because she is a registered dietitian and knows the science behind nutrition and has it helped me learn how to eat. <laughs> Especially in the beginning when I was like yeah. not really eating yeah. as much as I should. Right. Um, so anyways, we'll just get to know Veronica from Veronica. Veronica, why don't you tell everyone... Who you are, what you do, and then we'll get into the weeds of it.
0: Oh boy! Okay, so I um, am a registered dietitian. I am a Christian. I am an athlete. That's that's uh, I am for sure. A doer, yeah. And I think when I think of like doing those four to- those four things totes, like yes, those are the words I come up with. A Christian, an athlete dietitian and doer.
2: You are a doer.
0: Um, and that's pretty much who. what describes me is that I like to do things and I love everything about nutrition. Um, and I love everything about being active and being stronger, um, and being an athlete. So mm-hmm.
2: I like that you use the word athlete. Cause I feel like a lot of women outside of like sports teams don't really mm-hmm. see themselves as athletes oh, yes. and like if you're moving your body and using your strength like you're an athlete.
0: And that, yes, that's what that's what I tell everybody too. And I think that was a mind, mind shift for me um, in the past few years. And I think that, that shifting that to being an athlete. Because if you're an athlete, you're focusing on being better at your sport. Mm-hmm. Not focused so much on your body and um, exactly. what it looks like. It, you just want to be better at your sport. You just want to win the game. Yes, Right. Yeah. Whatever the game is. Whether it's a race or pull-up, doing enough pull-ups or, you know, squatting a certain amount of weight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to how you got into athletics then. Like, what did your journey start like when it comes to fitness? And how has it evolved over time?
0: So I... I know that I started with softball. And I don't know if I played t-ball when I was younger. But it definitely started with softball and just playing on rec leagues. And I wasn't good by <laughs> any means. <laughs> I was definitely uh, not good at all. But I, I just loved being part of a team and I loved playing. Um, and then uh, I was also on swim team um, with my siblings and again, not great, but I loved it. Yeah. And I, lo- I loved just being active. Um, so I did softball all the way through senior year of high school. I did swim team uh, through like freshman or sophomore year of high school. And then I picked up volleyball in middle school. And I did that for um, a few years. And I may have done that a year in high school, but. Again, not great, um, but just really enjoyed being active and being part of a team. Uh, and then after, or I guess in high school is when I really, um, I actually started going to the gym for the first time. Oh, wait. No, now that I'm like talking about, uh, talking out loud about it. Um, it helps I, to like process yeah, out loud. Yeah. It's like, wait, when did right. that happen? So um, my sophomore year of high school, I took a weightlifting class and that's like, that was, Probably my first introduction to actually lifting weights, which was really cool, and then continued to take weightlifting throughout high school, and I think I just I just found a love and of honestly probably the love was more trying to beat the boys and yeah <laughs> trying to prove out that I could be strong being a badass right yeah, yeah. exactly so <laughs> um and that carried into college and um I. I was obviously no longer part of a team because I, again, was very bad. So I was not going to be a collegiate athlete. <laughs> but uh, I so I went to ECU, and the gym at ECU was just phenomenal. And I loved being at the gym. Um, and I worked there, and I just it, it kind of evolved from there. And now um, – well, okay, let me back up. So in college, I, had, I was somewhat knowledgeable about weightlifting, but um, – was more about doing the same exact exercises over and over again and lightweight. Um, no such thing as getting that much stronger. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Were you scared? Like, I feel like a yeah. lot of women, it, a lot of clients I see, and even myself, uh, two years ago, right. was like really scared of heavy weights because right. I didn't want to get
1: bulky, quote right. unquote. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. Yeah, uh, that must have been. I I can't exactly remember, but I think that was part of my fear was getting bulky. And I was for sure a cardio bunny. I was on all sorts of cardio machines.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And then towards the end of college is when I really, I got a little bit more um, brave with the weights. And because I was working at the gym, I had some buddies that would help me uh, with doing like squats and things like that and they would rag on me about putting more weights on there and stuff so and that was just all in good fun and then moving to Wilmington after college uh, and getting into the Gold's Gym here I was still a cardio bunny but I sought out a trainer and to this day I say that that was the best investment of my life was two years of training just to learn proper movement um, and strength. And that trainer, he, it was amazing that in the environment that we were in, he was more about my strength and not so much about what my body looked like, even though I wanted to focus on what my body looked like. Mm -hmm. He was adamant that I was stronger than what I thought I was and that I could do more and that I was perfectly fine the way that I was. So shout out to Mr. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> if you have ever trained with Mr. Fred, you know that Fred was the bomb. Um, so, yeah.
2: So, okay, that's good. And now you do a lot of, like, Spartan training. Yes. You love races. You love competing. Yes. So when did that love for, like, I guess you've always been a cardio, or you were a cardio bunny, so you probably always loved, like, running and, like, yeah high endurance sports, but like, when did you decide, like, I want to start racing and like doing this for yeah. competition, I guess.
0: So that actually came about in, it was when I was in Wilmington. Um, so it was probably like 2012. I was working at Gold's gym and everyone around me was doing the fitness competitions. The ones where, um, you're in like a bikini and you have to walk a certain way and be in heels. And I, I, had attempted it at first, but the diet I just could not yeah, do at
2: because all. It's, you're not eating. Yeah. It <laughs>
0: yeah. It just was not was not good for me in a lot of different ways. Um, so I found out that there was an Ironman race um, in town, uh, and back well, it was Ironman distance. Sorry, it was not Ironman at the time. Um, and back then, it was the Beach to Battleship. So everyone else was doing fitness competition. So I said. I might as well do a half Ironman.
2: Yeah, might as well. You know, easy.
0: <laughs> and I had never done a half marathon at that point. Um, I had just like a, a regular hybrid bike. Um, and I was on swim team before, but I had never even attempted to put any of it together. Um, and it, so from there I, and I actually did really well in that race. Um, and then did my actual first half marathon, um, but self a week a week or two after that oh race. my gosh
2: <laughs> the fact that you did it a week later your roommate. body is so shot after and i know i've done these races like you're a freaking like What's it called? Noodle after. Like, you're just, like, you've lost all control. But
0: that remains still my PR for my half marathon. Is that Probably back? just
2: such adrenaline. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely. We just, like, on such a high. But
0: it was back when I – and I didn't wear headphones for that race because we were told that we couldn't. Yeah. And I also didn't have, like, a, a fitness tracker or anything. I just ran.
2: It was just – yeah, you're like, I was really fast.
0: <laughs> and I remember I was. I just had – I got to the very end of the race, and I was like, oh, that's it? Like, I didn't see you – because they didn't change the mile markers for when I was coming through. So I was, like, one of the first people through. Um, And because I didn't have a fitness tracker, I had no idea where I was in the race.
2: You're such a (laughs) boss.
0: But then as time progressed, um, like you said earlier, you and I had done – And so I had done, that was my second half Ironman that you and I did together. Um, And just like my love of racing continued. And then I had gotten introduced to Tough Mudders and um, I did one Tough Mudder a year for five or six years and traveled different places to do those and loved them, but was craving more, um, more competition because I was getting pretty good at them. Um, so then last year I did the Spartan series and I particularly love the Tough Mudders and Spartans because they combine the strength and the cardio together. Mm -hmm. So I get to, it encourages me to push myself, um, in the weights and not focus so much on the cardio. Yeah. Um, And I've just found that my body appreciates that more.
2: Yeah. It's a little less ruin on, on your joints and stuff. Yes. Okay, well, you just mentioned traveling to different places for races. Let's talk about D.C. Yeah. and our first half or our oh first full marathon, okay? Oh, gosh. So it was your first too, right? Oh, and first in Orlando. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Veronica and I, after doing the half Ironman, I would say we were on like a high. And then it wasn't until like a year after that, right, that we found this race. And it was, like, yes. super cheap. And that's why we signed up for it. We, were like, yes. decided... We-, we were also
0: trying to qualify for Boston.
2: Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that's easy. <laughs> we're This is, like, so us. Like, oh, let's just qualify for Boston. Like, that's simple.
0: So Yes. This is, like, the very last race to qualify for Boston of the following year. And it was a flat race.
2: It was flat. And we were like, we have a chance. And honestly, at that time, I am not fast anymore. But we were fast. We
0: were, yes. Yeah. We were, we
2: were like, fast. we were very... We're, you're still fast, I'm like mm-hmm. at 10 minute miles now and like I've lost my my groove, but we were grooving <laughs> then so we signed up for this race in d c and we drive we road trip out there my mom came mm-hmm. and my brother came yeah. like it was, everyone was like celebrating this like yeah. first full yeah. marathon mm-hmm. and we the day of the race it just starts off terrible. <laughs> the day of the race my mom drops us off at the quote unquote start yeah. Which was not the start. She <laughs> drops us off at this place, this park, essentially, mm-hmm. and then drives away. And by the time she's gone, we realize we're in the wrong spot.
0: We're like a mile away from the start.
2: A mile away from the start. And it's close to start time. Yes. So we have to run a mile before we're about to run 26.2 <laughs> miles. Yep. So we get to the star line, already sweaty. It's, it was like 98 degrees that day or something. Do you remember
0: what we did on the way as we were running to the start of our marathon though? No. We had sk- <laughs> We had called... Um, What is the biking place? The cycle... SoulCycle. We we called to skip
2: <laughs> We were like, oh, we've never done SoulCycle. Let's do SoulCycle we're tomorrow morning. After a freaking <laughs> full marathon.
0: But I think what we thought was... You know what? We
2: probably could have done it the day after the half Ironman. So right. Like our half Ironman experience the year or two before that was incredible. Like we both finished with great times and we like felt good after. We celebrated after like the next day we could walk. Okay, so flash forward to DC again. We run a mile to the start line.
0: As we're running, we're scheduling to go to SoulCycle SoulCycle the the next next day because
2: we're psychotic at this point, (laughs) borderline issues. Um, We get to the start line and the heat, it's like 630 in the morning. And it's already probably like, it was probably like 95 plus that point.
0: Easily. And like 90% humidity. Yeah.
2: So it's really freaking hot. And we start the race. And I feel like the first half, we were fine.
0: Well, and let's also say that it was, so it was on the Potomac um, River Canal. Yeah. So if you're familiar with that. It was on there on the CNO Canal up in DC, and it goes. This race was an out, out and back, and back on out, gravel. And, but it was out and back
2: twice. twice,
0: not just once. So
2: essentially, you ran out. What was it? Four miles or something? No, I think it would have been six. Oh yeah, like yeah. You're right. You're right. So like six point five. Then you come back, then you go again, and then you come back, which, so it's literally no change of scenery and it's on a gravel road. So
0: there's not space for people on the sides either. So you don't really have anyone cheering you on.
2: They didn't have any medics. Remember that person got stuck. There was this handicapped person who was doing the race in like, um, one of those, what are they called? Like wheelchair bikes? Yeah. Like Like on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And they got stuck in the mud because it was a gravel road (laughs) and there was no medic there to pull them out. So Veronica and I are pulling this person out of mud in the middle of the race. Anyways, needless to say, it was the worst first full marathon experience ever. 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 Ever, Um, ever. And we did not qualify for Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, Boston was out of the dream. Yes. Yes. Um, But ironically, of all the places that Veronica could leave me for in Wilmington, she moved (laughs) from Wilmington over three years ago. To DC area, yeah. so so I I have
0: ran and cycled, no, just ran on that same trail, and I have PTSD. I know, I was gonna say
2: PTSD. I don't think I could ever go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I remember at the end. This is actually like a really cool moment, but at, in the moment it was not at the end of the race. I was just dying, and my brother texted me because I guess my um, they were tracking me on yeah. the thing, yep. and he texted me because I was I had stopped moving because okay. I just like stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I literally stopped. Like, I didn't, I wasn't walking. I just st- was standing there. In the middle of the marathon. In the middle of the marathon. And he texted me and he was like, You good? Because, like, he saw that I wasn't moving. And I was like, I think I'm going to die or something like that. Yeah. Or I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make this last mile. And he said, I'm coming. So he ran a mile well, out to me. so like,
0: brings I know eyes. he
2: ran a mile out to me in normal human clothes and then ran in the last mile with me, which so was sweet. so that was a really cool moment, but yeah. still not the best marathon ever or <laughs> probably the worst. Yeah. Um, except the marathon that I the only other marathon I did, I that was pretty bad. Projectile <laughs> vomited three times. Needless to say, I'm not signing up for another full marathon no, again. <laughs> no, pay me. Um, okay, so you moved to DC three years ago. I did. What led you from moving to, from Wilmington, which mm-hmm. you loved, uh, yeah. to Washington D.C. area?
0: Yeah. So, Wilmington. I lived in Wilmington for seven years, and I love, love, love Wilmington but um, I just was not being my best self in Wilmington. Um, I'd gone through a tough breakup and I knew that it was just toxic for me to continue to stay in Wilmington and I wasn't going to um, grow into the person I needed to be. And it was possible that this toxic relationship would continue Mm -hmm. uh, if I didn't get out, unfortunately. Um, And so my goal was you know, I wasn't being my best self in my career. I wasn't being my best self you know, in my faith. Um, wasn't being my best self as a friend and in relationships either. So that was my goal when I left Wilmington was um, to go to D.C. And I was to move and I had an opportunity to move to D.C. Um, where I could kind of just start over start really yeah. start,
2: fresh. start that, fresh I mean that's what brought me to Wilmington is just yeah. a fresh start yeah and you need that sometimes especially in adulthood yeah. in your 20s yeah yeah it,
0: um it's tough but it's needed sometimes
2: yeah so we mentioned in the beginning that you're a registered dietitian um walk us down that like career path for you what made you want to go into that type of work and then how has your job, career, style of work changed over the last, like, I guess, decade, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which <laughs> yes. is crazy. Like, I we're know. so old. I know.
0: Oh, um, goodness. So, I originally went to school to pursue uh, being a physical therapist. And then I took cultural foods as just a an elective um, as part of pre-PT school. And I loved... Cultural foods. I loved learning about the foods, where, um, what foods mean in different cultures, and the bonus for me was that I could, um, one class a month, you could make food and bring it to to class, and that was just extra bonus points for class if you ate the food too. And I was like, oh well, God, "Sign duh. me up! I'm like, why else
2: would you make it?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay, then I need to pursue um, this thing called nutrition." So. That just that started um, my path in the nutrition world, and then when I I moved to Wilmington to do my dietetic internship. So if you know anything about being a dietitian, or if there's any um, uh, RDS to be out there, you know that there is a um, a 1,200 hour or year long dietetic internship that's didactic. So it's um, it's practical application and actually working in the field under dietitians um who then just sign off on what you do so my didactic didactic, that's a hard word to say yeah didactic Didactic. dietetic internship was in (laughs) Wilmington. um so that's what originally got me here and i'm so thankful for that um and my goal afterwards was to be a sports dietitian I wanted to work with athletes um, on their nutrition and just bettering them in, themselves in their sports um, with their energy and um, energy output and just creating lean body mass and muscle mass and things like that. So um, I got a job after my dietetic in, after my internship.
2: Yeah, um, I was like, well, well Nick's all yeah, those words. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got the job after my internship that I thought was going to be fantastic. It was with a startup company, but... Um, it turned out it was just in the baby phase when I, when I began with them and they thought that there would be a position for me, but I I ended up being more, um, admin like. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, and then the company moved. So when they moved, I went ahead and, um, part ways with them. Um, and, that's actually when I went to Michigan, which I don't talk about a whole lot.
2: Oh, the Michigan saga—that is <laughs> the a, Michigan saga. That I mean, <laughs> honestly, as you don't talk about, you should talk about it more because I feel like that is a learning curve oh, for so many women. Who, yeah. So tell us a little bit about Michigan. Yeah. Okay,
0: so I. Like I said, I really wanted to be a sports dietitian. And at this point, I had not sat for my registration exam. And in order to be a registered dietitian, you have to sit for your exam and you have to pass it. So I had gotten what I thought would be a dream job with Lifetime Fitness as the dietitian. And I happened to take the position in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. Okay, I can't. There are probably some Michiganians out there. Um,
2: it's a shift in environment from the south because yes. of just one winter. Yes. And especially the beach. And we're not well. Like, we're not <laughs> well in cold weather here. It's like 60 <laughs> yes. degrees here, and we start crying. We're putting on, like, mink coats. Right. So that's, one, that's, like, the biggest thing, I would say.
0: And I moved in... Uh, into February, beginning of March. So the cold. Like no, needless to <laughs> say, the coldest month of the yeah, year. It was just not. It, I did not set myself up for success. But I went up there, and just before I left, I sat for my diet my dietetics exam or register- registration exam, and I actually didn't pass. And that's not that's something I actually don't share a lot either. But I didn't pass by one point, and that was devastating mm. um, because this was my my just my life being a dietitian. Your dream, um, yeah. Yeah. So it was understood with the with the job um at Lifetime that I would pass within the next 6 months. So um I was still able to go up there and work. Uh it just was not a good just an not It was not a good environment for me for a lot of different reasons. But one of the things that they said was that I was not cut out for the job. And whether they meant being a dietitian or meant the sales part of the position, I'm not sure. But I, at that time, I took it as I'm not meant to be a dietitian. Mm-hmm. And it, like,
2: pierced you. Oh, my gosh. Those words, are, those words will yeah stick with you, too.
0: So I, um, needless to say, moved back in 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but... The learning piece of it is that I think it's cool to remember that you can try something and fail and always go home. And try again. And try again at something else. Yeah. Um, you're never stuck. You're never stuck. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was able to suck it up and say, I screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> this was not for me. Yeah, for <laughs> sure.
2: Or at least learn, like well, now I know what I don't want Yeah, and I can pursue, I can cut those things out and pursue this. You're good on this route.
0: Yep. 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 Yeah. So like whenever I hear people say like, well, I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, or not cut out for something, or I don't want people to think that I just quit things. I don't, people just want you to be happy and because I definitely had those thoughts. and I, like, sometimes I don't want to be a quitter,
2: yeah. especially you being, like, a doer and, right. like, a yeah athlete. Like, athletes commit to races, and they yeah. race them. Yeah. They don't, like, quit halfway through training. Right. So you have that mentality.
0: Right, right. Um, so then I got back to Wilmington, and again, I thought that I wasn't cut out to be a dietitian. So I got a job at a law firm um, just doing some paralegal work and found myself helping everybody in the office eat better <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, well maybe I actually am cut out for this. Um, and I had gotten a part-time job at the GNC in town and I was able to kind of shift some things around and spend six weeks in the library studying for my exam. And I was able to pass my exam, which was just like a pinnacle moment
2: for me. Yeah. Huge.
0: Yeah. Um, and at the time I was... I've, I was kind of piecemealing my work together um, at being a dietitian. So I was, um, at the time I was managing full-time at GNC and then I was doing some freelance work um, under my own business name, um, Mind, Body, Spirit, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> RD, that. Uh, RD Veronica, Mind, Body, Spirit. So there might be some stuff still floating around out there. Um, but I was working for different boutique gyms in town and then also working with um, clients on my own. Um, just working with them on, like I said, eating better, um, improving their sport if that's what they, uh, if they were an athlete. One of the things I got to do, which was really cool, was working with, um, an elite paddle boarder hmm. and that I remember up. that. Yeah. And it was She's really so cool. awesome. She is so awesome. And she just,
2: um- And like, low-key famous. Yeah. Like, on and this-
0: Shout out April Zilg.
2: Yeah. <laughs> follow her on the gram. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be a guest, yeah. follow.
0: <laughs> um, she's- I think she, she's what gave me the confidence to be, um, to continue to pursue being a dietitian, working with people who wanted to better themselves in their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was so um, dedicated to the nutrition, so we could actually see the results.
2: And successful.
0: Right. Well, she's successful, but a lot of times, with, I and mean, you probably see this in training too, is that. It's not just about the hour that they spend with me or the mm-hmm. hour that they spend with you. It's about the other 23 tw- hours, 23 a day. hours in a day plus six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to know what 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 the changes are that you're actually making right. and seeing the successes. So being able to see the successes that April had, um, and still has, is just incredible. And that was just incredibly, um, inspiring and motivating for me um just to see another woman pursue her dreams right that way so um so yeah so i was piecemealing work together and um i loved what i was doing but it just wasn't i felt like i i needed more i felt like there was more for me in mm-hmm. my career um and then i moved to dc and in wilmington i was a big fish in a small pond
2: yeah not a whole lot of dietitians. <gasps> Did y'all hear that? Y'all, that's thunder. It's about to storm here. Yeah. That's crazy. Of course, you heard it. You can hear like my dog barking. So, okay, sorry. I keep going. Sorry. Big fish, um, little pond.
0: Yeah. So when I moved up to DC, I was a very, very small fish in a very, very large pond um, of dietitians. So I was still trying to do my own business type of thing, but. It, clearly was not going to help me.
2: So to let the listeners know, when you moved to DC, did you have a position lined up or did you just move?
0: No, I did not have a job.
2: That's my favorite part.
0: (laughs) Which I don't always recommend that, but I was incredibly blessed and fortunate to have friends that um, allowed me to stay with them for free so that I could get my feet on the ground. And that just, and I had a little bit of savings and I don't recommend it all the time, but if the opportunity provides itself.
2: Take it. I was going to, yeah, I think that's huge advice. Like, obviously be smart about your decision and, like, what resources you have yeah. available to you. But we have a lot of listeners who are, like, um, who reach out to us who are wanting to start a business or start something in life or yeah. move or transition yeah. in, in some sort, but they're scared. And a lot of the advice that we give them is, like, you just got to do it. You
0: just got to do it. And... You and just got to do it. And just like with Michigan, you can always move back. You can, can always, always stop come back. whatever you're doing.
2: Yeah. You don't have to. And if yeah. God gives you or like whatever you believe, it's God for us. But if God gives you like a like a gut feeling, yeah. like an intuition, I, I call it like the Holy Spirit, like of you need to move or you yeah. need to start this job. You got to trust that. And yeah. because everything else will fall into place eventually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, Actually, if this, it's supposed to happen. And
0: this friend that um, I stayed with um, when I first moved up there, her and her husband had originally told me back in January of that year that I could move up. But at that time, I was in this relationship, and I was like, oh, I'm never moving from Wilmington.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and then the relationship quickly went south, and <laughs> I, I texted text her and said, hey, is that room still open? And so it was just like this – conglomerate of events that had to
2: happen happen. in order for you to make the move yeah yeah
0: and I think that that's a perfect example of God doesn't want bad things to happen to us Mm -hmm. but he will use them for his glory Mm -hmm. and um he didn't want the bad things in my relationship to happen necessarily to me but he knew that that's what I needed
2: to learn and grow yep yeah
0: exactly so um so, no, I did not have a job when I moved to Virginia, northern Virginia, um, which is scary and kind of demoralizing when you start looking for jobs. hmm um, But... I didn't have
2: a job when I moved here. It was oh, very similar. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, hadn't, I was like, I'm just moving. Yeah,
0: it, because you had the resources. Yeah, and, I could
2: stay with grandma and, and yep, figure it out.
0: And the Lord convicted you. Yeah,
2: he was like, you better get there <laughs> Right.
0: Um. So... I did within, it was within three weeks that I ended up getting a job and I was able to start within six weeks of moving there. Um, Which is like
2: insane. Yeah. Especially being a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. You're like probably expecting it to be a way long process of oh, yeah. job hunting and, yes. and then three weeks later, here you are with like a position.
0: And I was looking at other jobs too. I wasn't looking at just dietitian jobs at that point because I was like, I'm never going to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> because I just had a kind of a different path than most dietitians. Um, but needless to say, I did get the job. I, so I was working at a mental health hospital and I, I was originally doing a little bit of everything in the hospital. Um, and in the mental health hospital, it's not so much clinical work, but more, um, teaching groups and just making sure they're eating, um, well, but it's very different from a medical surgical. hospital hospital but this particular hospital also had an eating disorder unit so there was a shift in dietitians and I quickly um was one of the primary dietitians one of the two primary dietitians on that unit Mm -hmm. um on the eating disorder unit Uh, and that so I stayed there for two years um
2: I'm going to pause yeah. because I have questions. Yep. And if you're listening to this and have any triggers related towards eating disorders or you're maybe currently in that spot and this would trigger something, then maybe skip ahead a couple of 30 seconds yes. because I do have questions about this. Being that I'm curious based off my past mm-hmm. and how it affected you based off your past yep. is you are meeting with these women who are sick mm-hmm. and have a very negative relationship with food and especially their bodies. Yep. How did your history and relationship with food and your body how was how did that plus like the professional just um, knowledge you had from school mm-hmm. and, and the science behind it? How did you apply all that to like help these patients? and what did that do to your soul in like a negative and positive? way because I feel like I would be like this is so um purposeful and so um like it gives me so much yeah purpose to to serve this clientele but also with my story I would walk away being like triggered and like Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe negatively affected in some ways so that's like a a very big question just dive in however you yeah
0: that's a. Those are really excellent questions. Um, so I was able to kind of disconnect my past experiences, and at this point, with the Lucky Land
2: slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Pretty much close to healed up with. I mean, I think you, if you have ever dealt with body image um, or issues with food or exercise in the past, those kind of carry with you for the right. rest of your life. Yeah, forever. And you will constantly have to just check yourself and check the lies that might be, that you might be fed through different um, arenas that you're allowing in. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think at this point I was able to kind of disconnect. And I think that in in a healthy way, I wasn't disassociating, but I was able to disconnect. um, Like I can, I can imagine that for others that it would be like, oh, this person who is X amount of weight thinks that they are large or big, too big. And I'm this X amount of weight.
2: What so does that I, make I, me? Mean?
0: Right, right. So I can absolutely see how that is triggering. But in for me, that was not the case at all. Because um, you
2: recognize, like, they're sick.
0: I, yes, I recognize the illness. But I think also with my previous experiences and my, um, just like the things that I had struggled with in the past, is that it gave me a different kind of empathy for them. And just my heart just broke for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was exhausting but i i i wanted the healing for them more than they wanted it for themselves and that's the negative that was the negative side mm-hmm. is, is that, that they weren't willing
2: to commit to approach or yeah. healing yeah
0: and that's what, i mean and we know that as professionals especially in the eating disorder world that um it take it can take up to 3 or 3 plus times in the hospital setting for those that are um, so severely sick. Um, so it, it's not lost on me that that, I mean, that that was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually, it was kind of healing for me to see that side of
2: it, mm-hmm. you know, because you here you are on like the healthy side of it, yeah, knowing like almost like a sense of relief of like I got out, yeah, like I made it out, yeah, and I. I would imagine seeing the severity of eating disorders that you saw near death. Some oh, people absolutely, yeah. that you were hurt by hurt for them, but mm-hmm. also like thankful for your journey of yeah. healing. I, I can't remember what I was watching this weekend or this past week, but, um, it was t- Oh my gosh. It was real housewives. Oh. This is so funny. So I was watching reality <laughs> TV and of course body image comes up. Of course. And, um, one of the daughters of the Real Housewives had an eating disorder and she was coming out to her mom about it. Mm. And she was saying, like, it didn't matter how much I knew that it could kill me or it could give me this disease or or stop my period or whatever. Like, mm. how much science I knew, all I cared about was being skinny. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that's was the majority of your um, clients.
0: Yeah. And, and yes, absolutely. Because we we would constantly show them the science of it. And at that point, they're so sick. Their brains are so malnourished Mm -hmm. that even if they understand like, Oh, this could affect my fertility later, or this could affect my bones later in life, or, um, this will affect my hair, whatever it is. Mm Um, if, Even if they, even if we told that to them, they couldn't absorb that information because their brains were so incredibly malnourished.
2: Which is why, like, I believe wholeheartedly it is a mental illness. Like, it is like, it completely starts from the mental state.
0: Well, and we know that eating disorders are not, they're not in a vacuum. So there's always some sort of trauma, and trauma doesn't have to be um, what we see as trauma trauma is actually your response to an actual something that's happened to you so trauma trauma could be some girls making fun of you mm-hmm. in middle school that could be a trauma and it's your response to it is what makes it the trauma the,
2: trama- the traumatic
0: experience yeah. yeah for you um so we know that eating disorders are based in trauma, trauma. yeah um and they don't happen in a vacuum
2: fascinating and so true Okay, so you move from eating disorders into what? <laughs> Sorry, I just find that so fascinating. Yeah. And I think because of my past and because of, like, just, like, the vision of, of soul of, like, not hoping women don't go backwards into yeah. that mindset and, like, move forwards into, into freedom. It's, like, you were in, like, you were on the front lines. Yeah. Like, if we were in a battle, like, I would, I'm just watching the war on the news and you're, like, in the... On the, yeah, you're in the thick of it. So yeah. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Um,
0: it was great. And if you are considering working in the eating disorder world, we definitely need more of you. So pursue it. It's hard work, but it is so rewarding. Um, that's the word say, I was
2: looking for earlier. Rewarding. Yeah. I was trying to figure that. I was trying to get there in my head.
0: And, and it's it's devastating, too, I, I will have to say. I mean, there's, still, there's a patient that I think about all the time mm-hmm. that that patient will likely be there for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know that they'll get out and
2: and that's devastating. And, oh
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So but on to happier things. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe not. so I um I just was not seeing a way for me to move up in my career as as a dietitian at this particular facility. Um so I needed more just growth opportunities so I was able to take a job with a large university George Mason University as the campus dietitian um, which was it was a dream job that I didn't know I had the dream of Mm -hmm. and so now I get to work and do everything that I could possibly imagine wanting to do within a private practice setting but with the Security of a salary, yeah, exactly, (laughs) which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been doing that for about a year and a half at this point. Um, And this sounds really crazy, but the my time at the eating disorder hospital and working on that unit really set me up for success in this because that was just such tough work. Mm that sometimes working with the students can be really tough. Yeah. (laughs) But now I get to work with students on whether it's um, disordered eating. If they have an eating disorder, I do refer out to um, those who specialize in it. Um, But people, students that are newly diagnosed with diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension. I also get to guest lecture. Um, I work with students that have food allergies, um, work with our dining team to make sure that Everyone is able to eat safe meals um, based on uh, dietary restrictions that are related to food allergies and food intolerances. Um, yeah, just do a lot of education and.
2: I love it. Yeah. I um, would imagine that you knowing so much about food, um, I know that you're passionate about it, but clearly you have heard, you've probably heard a lot of like, Um, false myths regarding (laughs) (laughs) nutrition. Um, I use that word very lightly when I talk about this, but what are some of the things that, let's just say specifically women, since that's Mm -hmm. who majority listen to this podcast. Sorry for you 2% guys. (laughs) Um, What what are some things that people come to you with like some blanket statements about nutrition or... Mm -hmm some myths that they hear that really just like grind your gears and you wish right now, if everyone in the world was listening, you could like put an end to those ideas and like guide them towards truth. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: So this might be, um, an unpopular opinion, but I think there are, I think the majority of dietitians would agree with me. The whole, um, vegan movement (laughs) there (laughs) it is. We're definitely grinding through. I know, I know, in touch with that third rail. Um Plants are amazing. I eat tons of vegetables. What I like to say is plant forward. So fill your plate with plants, but you also need protein. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I'll see is people will have blood sugars that are off the charts because they're, they don't have the proteins and fats to stabilize their blood sugars. Um, or they're hungry all the time, so they're eating a lot more, which is fine if you truly are hungry, but if you're, not, if you're just not fueling properly, our bodies are meant to eat everything. Mm-hmm. And when I say everything, our bodies are incredible things, and it can process and metabolize and use whatever you put into it for energy um so really balancing that out so you don't have to do you don't have to be i'm not saying meat forward but plant forward and then add in some extra protein um from animal sources and if you are vegetarian or vegan for animal rights i can completely understand that as well but um i'd really really dive into what those how what you're doing affects animals or doesn't affect animals or doesn't affect the environment. Um, a cool statistic is that, um, for those that are vegan for, um, environmental reasons, it is actually, it would actually be more beneficial if you would just find ways to, um, go to like the grocery store or go to work or visit a friend by not getting into your car that would benefit the environment more than, cutting out animal proteins
2: interesting I'm sure there's a lot of statistics out there like that
0: and I don't have the exact numbers but there are numbers behind that
2: right and and if there if there is like a conviction behind why like you said are why you choose to not eat meat or to be vegan then like just research ways to fill up that protein in your body right. and like re- yeah. replace that with and nutrients
0: out, and i would actually encourage you to seek out a dietitian that specialize sp- specializes in plant-based nutrition um because and that is not me so don't
1: <laughs> don't, don't <laughs> at me
0: if you want to reach out to me i can help direct you in the right place but i'm not the person to help you with the eating portion of this um but they will help you in way, in finding ways to balance out your plate um, to make sure that you get the adequate proteins, the adequate fats, um, the vitamins and minerals. Because just for example, you need um, 20% more protein if you are getting them from plant sources um, just because it doesn't assimilate in the body as easily as animal sources. That's
2: interesting. Um, there's one myth that I would like to address with you that yes. I'm sure you'll be just as passionate with that <laughs> really just... Chaps my you-know-what. And <laughs> oh my that God. is – and this is what started my disordered eating path is apps like my Fitness Pal mm-hmm. that tell you you need to only eat – you can only eat 1,200 calories yeah. a day. I recently saw and shared on Instagram that, like, the average two-year-old is supposed to eat at least 1,200 calories a day. And here we are as grown women being told that that's enough nutrients – well, I wouldn't even say nutrients because what kind of calories are you even eating <laughs> – but right, can I, that's well, enough to sustain.
0: So, I agree. So, for, first off, the MyFitnessPal apps. I think I think they can be tool, useful tools for some people, but if they are triggering for you, don't use them. Don't trigger food. Like yeah,
2: it's or, triggering like, for me. I can't.
0: Just like if the scale is triggering triggering for you, get rid of it. Yeah. But and for so for some people, it can be a useful tool. Now, twelve hundred calories. Yes, it can. And I don't know child nutrition, but yes, that is typically what we would recommend for a two-year-old. But keep in mind how much, how active a two-year-old is and how much they're growing, Mm -hmm. okay? So as adults, and we've quit growing, and we're, like this morning, we were active for an hour, but for the rest of the day, we're going to be pretty sedentary, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas like a two-year-old is buzzing all over the house. Right. Right. So... 1200 calories is probably not enough for the majority of adults. Um but I don't want you the other piece of this is that sometimes it is okay. So I know yeah. that, I know that's tough. I know it's tough.
2: I think but, what's tough for me and I and I'm sure it's uh, uh okay. I think what's tough for me is as a coach I have a lot of women who want who crave being in a calorie deficit, right? And I think that when you read things like twelve hundred calories or less, and then you're training with me once a day and burning five hundred calories, right? Then that, that's when you're you're at a um, unhealthy nutritional deficit that leads down very negative paths, addictions. Right. Yes,
0: and if so, there's something called your BMR, your basal meso- metabolic rate. And a lot of times women's BMR is close to a thousand. Mm-hmm. So then you're only getting another 200 calories. That's what
2: Chelsea addressed yeah. like a month or two ago. Is, yeah. It, Cause she majored in um, exercise because, science as yeah. well. Yeah. And she said like, you're like, just by being sedentary, sometimes. Right. Burning. Yes.
0: But for those women who are shorter or who don't, have a, or who are not as active or can't be as active then sometimes the 1200 calories is okay but the issue with the my Fitness pal or other tracking um tracking devices or tracking uh apps is that it's just blanket mm-hmm. they don't it doesn't really take into account a whole lot of anything um whereas if you work with a dietitian they can talk to you more about, okay, what what's your muscle mask? Because muscle is metabolic, metabolically active and we want to maintain our muscle. Mm-hmm. So how do we maintain that? By making sure it's fed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so a dietitian can work with you to make sure that you have enough um, for your metabol- metabolically active tissue. Um, fuel you so that you don't get brain fog. So if... You're, you're ever experiencing brain fog because, of, like, after a big meeting or um, writing a big paper or a presentation or something like that, that's likely because you have a de- deficit of carbohydrates. So, um, making sure that you are getting adequate carbohydrates. And um, so, yeah, it. Th- there's so has, much more to it. There's so much more to it. And so, it's a tricky question and quit tricky myth to bust. Mm hmm. Um, I would say the myth is that not every woman should be in 12, at 1200 calories like the tracking apps put us out yeah
2: right so no, that's, that's really good and I think that the, just the knowledge that you shared just now is that we clearly don't know unless we are um, licensed like you <laughs> are and uh, educated like you are we clearly don't know. All that our body needs, and if it's lacking in something, it'll usually tell us in a in a way that is not necessarily fun, like brain fog or dizziness or Mm -hmm. tiredness or things like that. So, learning to listen to your body is is easier to do once you've been once you've met with like a professional, right? That can help you teach help teach you about your body,
0: right? And tease out what the the foods are, Mm -hmm. um, and how much the foods are that you need. Make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, so we've covered um two of well, three of the four things on your tote bag. We've covered mm. athlete, mm-hmm. dietitian, we've covered doer. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you do all the things. Um, Christian.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you want to dive into your faith a little bit? Sure.
0: Yeah. It's been a it's been an interesting road.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um And it's cool to be able to talk with you about it because, like, you were the um, the catalyst to get me into church again. So I grew up uh, Catholic, and it was um, in doing some just devotional work and um, soul work, even just this year. I think why I was so into my, into my faith, quote unquote, um, into the Catholic faith back then was, it was kind of a safe haven from my, um, kind of rocky home life. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I was part of youth group and, but I just didn't, I, looking back, I did not have a relationship with God with Jesus. Like there was
2: it was more of just like a club. Well, I think for a lot, like that's kind of how it was for me yeah. in high school. It's like, it is, it's a safe place Yeah. for a high school student that's really helpful. Yes. Like youth yeah. group. And
0: and I'm so grateful that that's the safe place that I chose. For yeah. real. Yeah, there's
2: other places <laughs> that aren't so safe. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Right. So even though, yeah, it, it could have been a lot worse. Um, so then, and I continued to pursue the Catholic faith in college. And then afterwards it just it didn't feel, I didn't feel the connection. So there just wasn't, I just, I didn't felt feel drawn to going back to church. I tried a couple churches in Wilmington, a couple Catholic churches, and I just wasn't, um, it wasn't sitting well with me. Um, on Sundays I would make it a point to go out to the beach and go for like a walk or a run and just sit and just admire
2: the Nature, work that, that yeah. God
0: had done. And like, so I, I've always believed in God, but like having a relationship with him was not always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that very first bike ride that you and I did. I remember that. Yeah, 30 miles. We caught, And this was literally the fir- pretty much the first time her and I had met.
2: Yeah, um, uh, or the first time we'd had one-on-one time at least. Yeah. Because oh, like so we would we, hang out in the locker room with like a right. bunch of girls.
0: Right, like as we're getting ready for work. Right. Um, but yeah, this was like the first time uh, one-on-one. 30 miles. So just so for those of you that most people probably don't know Yeah,
2: who goes out for fun <laughs> for a 30 mile <laughs> no. bike ride and
0: I think that day we also did we a,
2: ran too Oh, five like,
0: oh 5k because mm-hmm. so we ran around yeah. UNCW. so the bike ride was two hours at least and then that 5k was probably another
2: like 30 minutes at least yeah, yeah. something
0: like that so we were doing it for a long time that day so we covered a lot of ground um but I clearly remember you sharing your faith with me and it was just it was so effortless and, um, like the, it wasn't like you weren't sharing your faith with me to evangelize me mm-hmm. is what I, maybe that's what you were going no, for. No, I didn't have a, I didn't have a <laughs> dilemma
2: or what is it called? Uh, um, Not dilemma. A, uh, oh, you know what I'm trying to say, yes. right?
0: Like the, um, no, agenda the, agenda. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, two very different definitions. Yeah.
2: Dilemma. I probably had a lot of those.
0: <laughs> I think we covered a lot of dilemmas.
2: This is a dilemma. for sure. Agenda.
0: Yeah, yes. Um, but it was so effortless. And you told me about the church that you were going to. And um, you were going to the bridge at the time. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I... I did a lot of training on Sundays, so I was like, oh, I'll just go after the race. And we were pretty close to the Yeah, race.
2: we we started training together towards the end of Yeah.
0: I think we had like two months left. Yeah or something. So I was like Which oh. feels like the end. <laughs> yes. It, it is In a race like today. that. Yes. <laughs> um So I think and like the effortlessness that you were able to share your faith with me and the um like and you still have this is just like your spirit about you and like the positiveness positivity and just like everyone can tell Jesus is in you. And I was like, Oh, I need some of that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, and it wasn't that things were like bad in my life, but I was like, I need that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had decided that I would go to the, start going to the bridge or try, try out the bridge after the race. So I, I think I went, the race was on a Saturday, and it's possible I went that very next day.
2: I think we both did.
0: Okay. I, I can't remember if it was I think the we went week. together,
2: because didn't, okay. I mean, didn't my family, or didn't my mom go with us or something? Like, Maybe. I don't know. I just remember, I do remember going, like.
0: Yeah, like pretty immediately after. Yeah,
2: and we did some, or I did some celebrating after the race, and I remember not feeling that great. <laughs> was it that same day? <laughs> I don't remember. might've been a week after. Yeah. Regardless. regardless.
0: It was either the very next day after the race or the week after. And from then on, I was like, this is where I belong. This is like my home. Um, And just the gospel really spoke to me and the gospel preaching there um, just really, it touched my heart in ways that I needed to be touched. Um, But also, and for me, the, um, the worship portion mm-hmm. is so important like that is what feeds my soul um and worship has always been really good at the bridge yeah it's I don't know fire. It's I fire. been back recently but it just gets better yeah. yeah yeah I mean that church is so blessed mm-hmm. <laughs> um so and then immediately I started going to small group with you
2: yeah
0: um and that was just a really good experience and um at one point you weren't part of that community group anymore, but I was still going and I was going through some really tough times. Um, And I wasn't planning to go to community group that day, but I went anyways and I'd share, we, for whatever reason, we broke up into men and women that day for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And I just broke down and did some serious confessing with these women that I barely knew. And I was so afraid of being just like, banished from the church and all that. But they just loved me mm-hmm. and hug, hugged on me and just, like, cried with me. And that was, like, such a redeeming experience mm-hmm. um, to know that God's grace actually exists. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just such an incredible uh, thing to know.
2: To that To tangibly experience yes, it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess... Here, I'll say, if you are battling with anything, find a confident that you can... Um,
2: Trust to tr- share your story yeah. with and not be judged or right. condemned.
0: So that you can experience that grace and that redemption, uh-huh. too. Um, so after that, like, that... I mean, I think that's what kind of, like, just broke me, but also made me grow closer to Jesus. Um, and then moving to D.C., part of me moving up there was to grow more in my faith and be more like Jesus and try continue to try to try even harder to be more like Jesus um, as a Christian. And um, I was, this is such a God thing is that the neighborhood that I moved into. um, So the bridge is a church plant from a church in Raleigh called the summit. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for something similar and you had asked, Um, our pastor
1: um,
0: at the bridge, if there was something similar in Virginia. And there was, so I went there. That was like 45 minutes from where I was living. But that same day, they also announced a new church plant from the summit in my neighborhood. Crazy. I mean, God, uh, God's incredible.
2: He's going to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things that if you know me, you know that I love being outside. So I was for a good 6 months to a year i was able to walk to church yeah which that was just something so special for me right um and we're still a very small church plant but um we're in virginia and um just growing that community and growing my faith and doing bible studies and um just finding the the mentorship and the um the discipleship up there has been um paramount for my faith mm-hmm.
2: and yeah it has been really cool to watch you grow um and to like still feel like I don't know what the word is I'm not I'm really having a hard time with words <laughs> agenda dilemma um but to still feel like like one thing that's really rare and which shouldn't be rare but is rare unfortunately in friendship is to not is to feel like you have to like put walls up during certain mm-hmm. parts of your life and I feel like you're a friend who we can come to each other, like, I think we did this, like, two months ago, and be like, I'm really mad at God, or (laughs) I really don't know what I believe about this, or I'm really still struggling with this, and to not feel, like we said earlier, condemned, but instead feel, like, accepted and known and valued just the same.
0: And have people that can speak truth. Right. Like, I think, yeah, I feel like you and I can easily open up about that and Mm -hmm. i think that that is so important because there are times that are so tough that we question what is he doing right and one of us can say well let's look at it from this perspective which is why
2: community is so important like we need each other we right
0: we don't just
2: need we don't just need god we need the people of god you know like to help us so um I love, I, I think that your story is super awesome and encouraging in many ways. And I think it's going to really speak to a lot of our listeners because you've been through it with like your career. Like you've, <laughs> you've, and by through it, I mean like you've been through some tough times, but stuck with a dream that yeah. laid on your heart. And I think that that's really important for people to hear is. Like you're going to want to quit sometimes, but if you Mm -hmm. feel like this is what you're called to do, then you got to grind it out even through the tough times and keep pushing forward. Um, and with pursuing, um, sports, I don't know how to put it like races and like, Mm -hmm. just like, I think that's something that people need to hear is don't sign up for a race if you don't want to, but just (laughs) commitment to things that are important to you, Right. having commitment and meaning and discipline behind the things you do. And also your faith. Like if, If you're feeling pulled towards something, don't do it because you feel like you're supposed to do it because it's shaping your identity and you want to press into that. So I think that this, I was was really excited for you to share your story Mm because I think it's going to be super encouraging for all of our listeners. Um, Thank you. I am going to ask you the four questions that we ask every single guest.
0: And I know all these questions, but I did did not prepare.
2: (laughs) You know what's funny is people who who do listen to the podcast regularly always it's the same thing they're like oh dang it like I knew yes well that's probably good it'll be more um what's the word authentic authentic yes (laughs) um agenda (laughs) dilemma yeah okay so first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now or binging um
0: outside
2: Mm, nature or just like being outside
0: just being outside like just with quarantine I spend so much time walking mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my footprint is all over my chest <laughs> yes
2: I've been doing a lot more walks lately yeah. too and realizing that it feeds my soul almost just as much as running oh, does, it does where I feel like running I sometimes put more pressure on yes. myself where walking there's no pressure involved so and it's so, like yeah the sweet spot of like I can still get that like nature yeah. adrenaline kick some of
0: the endorphins without yeah.
2: feeling the pressure to yeah run a certain amount of miles or burn a certain amount of calories right. or whatever or
0: certain pace yeah yeah sometimes I go out and won't even start my watch right and which is for those <laughs> having a fitness tracker is
2: a
1: blessing great. and a curse. yes
0: yes a blessing and a curse for sure but sometimes I go out and Intentionally, I'm like, no, I'm going to go on a slow walk
2: today. Right, yes.
0: And, and it's really cool to go out without your phone or anything and just use that time, like...
2: To really take in.
0: To take in, to pray, to see, like... For or me- to do nothing.
2: Like, to yeah. be in silence. Well, yeah,
0: silence is so important. But, like... A lot of people, or not a lot of people. Some people have told me that I need to just like sit still and try to hear what God's telling me, and I'm like, oh, that's I do not do work. that. I, but if I walk and with with silence and like nothing in my ears, you can hear more. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um. Okay, that's good. That's a good binging thing. Healthy binge. <laughs> um. Okay. What is something that you are looking forward to mm. <laughs> in the rest of 2020? what doesn't. Been not great so far, but what are you looking forward to in the rest of this year?
0: Um so actually last weekend I went camping with my siblings for the first time as adults. Um well, that was my first time as an adult going camping. Um it was incredibly hot. But it was a I lot was of fun. Say it's oh, close time of year. <laughs> yeah, it was incredibly hot. But it was also our first time doing a siblings trip, and it was just so much fun. So we talked about doing it again, but in the Shenandoah Mountains in, like, October, when it's... A little cooler. cooler. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll I'm be good. Again. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wow, a camper. I'm yeah. more of a glamper. I like, um, <laughs> gla- you know, glamorized camping.
0: So this is the opposite of glamping. <laughs> yeah. I think this cracks me. I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> so um, Saturday night last weekend... I had to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I was like, "I am not walking all the way to the bathroom
2: because they were on." This they thing, had like those public um, outhouse things. Yeah, yeah, it was actually
0: like like a flushable toilet and everything. Oh wow! But I was like, "I am not walking." Bougie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real bougie. But it was like three o'clock in the morning, so I literally just got up and popped a squat right next to my tent because I was like.
2: I have a story very similar to that. <laughs> First of all, in the middle of the night when you have to go to the bathroom, which the older I get, the more I pee in the middle of the night. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that's like a thing it with is. age or what, yeah. but when I was in, I just graduated college and I worked at a summer camp. And if any of y'all listeners know which camp I'm talking about, I'm not going to reveal the name because I don't want to get in trouble. But there, we stayed one summer in Colorado in the mountains and mm-hmm. in, in the back country. And so our... Cabins, it was, like, tents were on the top of this, like, mini mountain. And yeah. at the bottom was, like, the outhouse with the bathroom oh and, like... So far away. So pretty far away for, like, the middle of the night have to pee yes. kind of situation. <laughs> but one of the rules was you cannot pee and go to the bathroom up there. Like, we don't want to, like, loiter, like, leave any toilet paper, uh, yeah. like, any human stuff <laughs> out up on the mountain. We want to keep it clean. So go just walk, get a flashlight, walk down. Yeah, I was, like... Hell yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So we had these little decks and I it was the middle of the night and I bought my brought my flashlight out there and I just popped a squat off the deck. And I'm here I am the counselor of all these. You popped
0: the squat off the deck. The deck. deck. That's, yeah. That's impressive.
2: like I held onto the deck and I leaned back that's and just peed. And like drip dried. <laughs> yep. Shook it out a little bit. And then, you know, didn't have to walk down that dang hill.
0: I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <sighs> yep. So glamping forever. Um <laughs> Okay, next question is What is something that you love about yourself?
0: Uh, I guess my tenacity.
2: Mm hmm.
0: If I'm using that in the right word, the right context. I don't think
2: so. You think like, you're tenacious?
0: With, with like, whether it be like the Spartans or my my career.
2: Mm hmm. You're driven. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Is that the same? Is that a synonym? I don't know. Or – I don't know. Whatever. I'm trying to use my both You're both those things. Like, I don't know. It sounds good. It sounds smart. <laughs> right. Um Okay, last question is, if you could tell women one thing today, leave them with one little nugget of truth, what would it be? Just do it. Just do it. And I actually
0: was not even thinking about Nike, but seriously, just do it and don't... It's okay to fail.
2: It's okay to fail is huge. Yeah.
0: I guess, yeah, just do it and it's okay to and fail. And also,
2: like... Expect some failure in life, yeah. like that's just part of yeah of getting there.
0: And it, I mean, it creates your story. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is it that you can you'll be able to share that with somebody else, whether it be your kids, nieces, nephews, other friends, to encourage them to be to try something new,
2: yeah, or different. Yeah, you never know until you try. Yep. Um, well, Veronica, love you so much. Love Thanks for you. being on the podcast. Thank if um, people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they go?
0: So I actually have. Two Instagrams because I have an Instagram now for the university, so you can actually um, follow that one. That is campus underscore dietitian, um, and then if you want to follow my personal page, it's just personal stuff. But it's rd underscore Veronica,
2: and I'll link all that in the show notes so that y'all can easily give her a little follow and a double tap. Woo! All right, girl. Awesome. Well, I love you. Thanks so next much you for know. hanging out today. Thank you. And listeners, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.